With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption and logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. Powered by Clear Vision Development Group, this is Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leaders podcast. Each week, we'll provide you with top business insights, fresh perspectives from world-class guests, and the tools you need to lead better than before. And now, here's your host, author and business coach, Tony Richards. Welcome to another edition of Better Than Before. I'm your host, Tony Richards, and welcome to St. Patrick's Day. Those of you who get this fresh download every Tuesday, it's St. Patrick's Day to you, and I want to make sure you're wearing your green today. Do you remember when everybody used to pinch people that didn't have green on? I mean, do they still do that? I mean, I know you probably can't do it now because everybody's really worried about touching other people, so... Not only will this be a St. Patrick's Day that probably doesn't have many parades or many bar events because uh, we're having social distancing because of the COVID-19 virus, but um, that was just uh, as I started to do the podcast here and I said, welcome to St. Patrick's Day, a, a memory or two flooded back about when people pinched each other for not wearing green. And so that'll probably be limited this year, just like we have no NCAA basketball to watch. That tournament's been canceled, and uh, a lot of cities have limited the number of people who can gather uh, to less than 500. Uh, I know a lot of churches have uh, not didn't have their services this past weekend, and thank goodness we have an online economy you know, so we can still communicate with people in other ways. Uh, this is fantastic for businesses that have an online presence because you can continue with that, uh, even though uh, you may be taking extraordinary precautions about having people in your store or in your bar or on the street or whatever. Here, here's what's on the show today. I've got a little bit more to say about the virus, but uh, here's what's on the show today. I'm going to have a list of our uh, March quotes for you and some thoughts on each one of those. And we're going to dive deeper into another key area of life for elite performers. And so we're going to talk about creating a best-in-class career. So if you're somebody that's all about your career, you probably want to catch us uh, later on in the program today because we're going to be talking about enhancements uh, that would be good for you to think about as far as creating a best-in-class career. I'm sure that you've been inundated with all kinds of stuff about the coronavirus and COVID-19, and several of you have gone out of your way to tell your best 
humorous jokes uh, about hand washing and and such as that and a lot of others have done a pretty good job of getting the word out there about stuff but you know I, I kind of feel like we wouldn't be doing our due diligence here on the program if we didn't mention the four or five things you really need to be watching out for or doing uh, because of this COVID-19 coronavirus so the basic principles uh, that we've been hearing now for about a week are you need to reduce the general risk of transmission uh, because it's an acute respiratory infection is at the core of this virus. And uh, we've heard that, you know, the, uh, the people who have weakened uh, immune systems are the ones who are most at risk. So we need to care for, if you're in charge of looking out for the elderly in your family, or if you have some in your neighborhood, you need to go out of your way to try to help them during this time. Uh, so we don't want anybody, you know, in who's advanced in age to be getting this virus because it's very dangerous. I don't, I don't know that it's any more dangerous than pneumonia or a really bad case of the flu, but it is really bad. So we need to make sure and look out for the advanced age people in our uh, galaxy of you. Also, you need to avoid close contact with people who are having acute respiratory infections. So if someone is sneezing a lot, coughing a lot, uh, you know, employers, just tell them they can work from home. Just go ahead and tell them, you know, for the sake of everyone else, if you're having people still come into the office or into your uh, facilities, you know, the people who are suffering from any kind of thing, play it on the safe side, get them tested if you can, or encourage them to go get tested. We need to uh, practice our own self-diligence and make sure we're not advancing the virus. Um, frequent hand washing, we've all heard that, especially after direct contact with people who may or may not be sick or you suspect they've been sick. Don't be a smart ass though. <laughs> you know, just if you feel like you've been around somebody who uh, may have some kind of infection or some kind of something, you don't have to get them told and you don't have to be mean to them and you don't have to be rude. Just make sure you go wash your hands as soon as possible and cleanse yourself and your environment after leaving their general vicinity. Um, we also uh, need to practice cough etiquette, which means... You've all heard about the social distancing, so keep back from people. If you have a cough, keep back from people. Cover yourself up when you cough or when you sneeze. Uh, use the disposable tissues or disposable clothing, and make sure you wash your hands after you've had a sneezing incident. That is the base of all the toilet paper shortage, I suppose, is you know everyone wants to make sure that they have something to clean their uh, face and mouth and hands and stuff. So that's leading to an abundance of usage of the toilet paper and tissues. And also within healthcare facilities, make sure that you enhance standard infection prevention and control practices, uh, especially if you have to go to the emergency room or whatever. We're not in the condition quite yet that they were in in China. I don't know if you've gone online and seen the pictures of people who were in medical facilities in China uh, and other countries, but it, it was really bad. I mean, they were really overcrowded. Uh, I also saw where uh, Apple is reopening their stores in China. So they kind of feel like, I think, in China that they've turned the corner. 
And so until we get to that point, we need to make sure we practice all these great health and safety rules uh, and be thinking about the other person, right? So make sure you uh, use diligence on yourself. Let's be polite to other people and um, we, we know what to do, right? There's just a few simple rules we need to follow so that we don't contribute to this virus spreading. So uh, we're going to chat about all these things. Uh, that's kind of an update on the, the virus. And um, that's all coming up on this Better Than Before show. It's brought to you by University Subaru. Join us for the Subaru A Lot to Love event going on now. University Subaru, homegrown and proud of it. The 2020 Subaru Forester, the SUV for all you love. Standard symmetrical all-wheel drive plus 33 miles per gallon. Standard EyeSight driver assist technology, a spacious and comfortable interior. The best SUV for all you do. Join us for the Subaru A Lot to Love event going on now. University Subaru, homegrown and proud of it. See dealer for details. Are you working twice as hard but enjoying fewer rewards? Maybe you're highly accomplished, but you just can't seem to break through and make the next big move. Or you run a business that has begun to grow stagnant. It doesn't have to stay that way. Even the best leaders have felt as if their careers were spiraling out of control. But that's when they had to lead and lead big. Tony Richards' new book, The Big Idea, 52 Ways to Be a Better Leader Now, will help launch you forward in leadership. Learn how to take charge and lead yourself, lead others, and lead your company. Purchase online today at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and our website, clearvisiondevelopment.com. Welcome back to Better Than Before. I'm Tony Richards. Coming up, I've got 10 quotes for the month of March and some comments on each one of those. It's all coming up for you. also want to remind you to subscribe to our Monday morning memo. You can do that at clearvisiondevelopment.com. You'll get three big ideas from me every single week. You'll get a short article for your development and your betterment on a certain issue or problem and we publish one key question you can ask yourself or journal and one key quote to think about and so we provide that to you on monday morning in your inbox of your email absolutely free doesn't cost you a thing so sign up today at clearvisiondevelopment.com here's quote number one and this is from someone named karen lamb i always wondered who said this but Based on my research, Karen Lamb said it. A year from now, you will wish you had started today. And boy, isn't that true? We miss so many great opportunities. Um, and there's some opportunities now, you know, even with this, you know, terrible virus that's going around and certainly people's health and safety is uh, on the line. But there's in every crisis, there's opportunity. And so you may be looking back a year from now and wondering why you didn't maybe capitalize on some of that. And so, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, there's something definitely wrong with hoarding supplies and food and things like that. But, you know, the financial markets are kind of uh, low, the lowest they've been uh, in several years. And we know from history that that's probably going to you know, change. And so it's a very apropos quote, a year from now, you will wish you had started today. And that that's in, on anything. I mean, 
I've heard people who are 55, 56, 60, 65 saying, well, I can't go back to school now. I'm 60 or 65. Well, you know, hopefully you're going to be 65 or 70 one of these days. And so you're going to advance forward in time and years no matter what. And when you're 70, you're going to wish you'd have started at 65. Or when you're 65, maybe you'll wish you would have gone back to school at 60. I, I read a book, uh, I just finished it, where it's a neurosurgeon talking about being able to conquer fear and how he had operated on a patient and some very bad things happened uh, during that surgery, none of which were his fault, uh, but it really worked on him as far as uh, the remorse of what had happened to this person that he was doing surgery on. And he was talking about how he gets a lot of strength from his father. And his father ended up with two doctorates, and he didn't start working on the first one until he was 72. So, you know, as long as you're here, there's opportunity, right? Number two, people do not decide their futures. They decide their habits, and their habits decide their futures. That's F.M. Alexander, and that is so true. Your uh, future destiny is determined by those things that you consistently do. Uh, I was watching some old college basketball this weekend on television because there is no current college basketball due to the coronavirus. And uh, while I was watching one of these great games from the past, one of the analysts said, there's a whole lot of ways to win a basketball game. But usually the people who go far and advance uh, and do well, uh, they have a philosophy. And whoever is the best at implementing and executing their philosophy. So it isn't one philosophy is better than another philosophy. There are a lot of ways to get to the end. But the person who believes in and executes their particular philosophy the best is the one that usually is successful. I thought that was really good. Number three. By increments so exquisitely gradual, they might have passed unnoticed. I could have ended up totally untrue to myself and living a life I hated. Peter Barton. I'll read that one again. By increments so exquisitely gradual that they might have passed unnoticed. So a lot of times it, it's the things that are so small that we don't really even notice that they're happening. So they either move slowly, the impact of compound interest, for example, uh, that it, it, it multiplies in ways that we can't fathom because it only looks like a few pennies at a time, right? Uh, he says, I could have ended up being totally untrue to myself and living a life I hated. So details do matter. Everything does count. And you need to be aware, uh, going back to the previous quote about habits, what are your habits doing that is creating these negative little things that might be happening at a place and at a time and in a way that you're not really paying that much attention to them? I, I had identity theft here about seven, eight years ago, and they were taking out about 80 cents uh, every two weeks. But it was such a small transaction, I didn't really notice that they were doing it, and I didn't catch it until nine or ten months later. And, you know, it had added up uh, over time because it was such a small amount, it just went unnoticed. Number four, whatever you are not changing, you are still choosing. Laurie Buchanan. 
And you've got to think about that as you're self-examining. You know, what is it that you just absolutely do not want to continue to do? Because anything that you are leaving the same, that is what you are choosing, right? We all have choices to make about our actions and about our futures and about our direction. And any of that that we do not exercise a change in, we are still selecting it. So sometimes we live our life on autopilot instead of uh, by selection. Number five, the ultimate goal is victory. And if you refuse to work as hard as you possibly can toward that aim, or if you do anything that keeps you from achieving that goal, then you're just cheating yourself. The great Miami Dolphins coach Don Shula said that. He said, if you're not working as hard as you can toward victory, or if you're doing anything that keeps you from reaching victory, then you are the one who is cheating yourself. And sometimes we fall into victim mode and the blame game, and we want to point a finger at other people. We want to throw a finger at our circumstances. We want to point a finger at our boss. We want to point a finger at our, um, sometimes even our family members, you know, that somehow or another they're on the success prevention team and they're keeping you from being all you can be. But if you're not working hard toward winning, uh, or if you're doing anything that's keeping you from winning, then you're the one who's cheating yourself. You know why that's important? Because you can control you. You can decide to stop certain behaviors. You can uh, decide to start other behaviors. You cannot control other things. You cannot control other people, nor do you sh should you want to, right? That's what's great about living in the USA is it is the land of personal opportunity and you can get whatever you choose uh, as long as you work hard and you stay focused. Number six, this is by the baseball manager, Joe Madden. And he says, if I'm totally honest with you, you might not like me for a day or two, but if I lie to you, you're going to hate me forever. We'll read that one again. That's a good one. If I'm honest with you, you might not like me for a day or two, but if I lie to you, you're going to hate me forever, Joe Madden. I think that one's pretty self-explanatory, right? Uh, so if, if you're engaged with somebody to help you, I mean, I'm a professional executive coach. That's what I do. It's my job to tell my clients the truth. And sometimes it's not easy, but... Um, You've got to be honest, and some clients take it very well. Other clients take it sort of in the middle. Other clients don't take it so well. Uh, I've been very fortunate. A lot of the people I have coached have been some of the greatest people uh, in character. It, it, if they weren't, if they didn't have really strong character and really strong work ethic, then our situation didn't work for very long, and it was pretty short-lived, and I've worked with those people too. Uh, who didn't want to hear the truth. They didn't want to hear uh, any guidance or direction, which makes you wonder why they sought out a person to help them with that anyway, but they did. And it doesn't take very long to figure out who's going to be uh, really productive to coach and who the relationship is going to last very long. Number seven, Ray Dalio, uh, who wrote the book Principles. He's the CEO of Bridgewater. He says, if you want to build a business like a perpetual motion machine, 
You need to have a clear set of rules and a clear set of metrics to track how your people are performing against those rules and metrics. And of course, we do this with all of our clients. We talk about Jim Collins' philosophy of seats on the bus. And you got to get the right people on the bus. You got to get the wrong people off the bus. And then you got to get the right people in the right seats on the bus, right? And so uh, the first thing you want to do is design that seat. What are the rules and metrics that go with that seat? And you can create measurement and track progress with what the output of that seat and the person who is sitting in that seat uh, is doing. Number eight, always remember to argue and win is to break down the reality of the person you're arguing against. It is very painful to lose your reality, so be kind even if you are right. Haruki Murakami. That is so wise. So those of you who are in uh, coaching or in management or you have any responsibility with people at all, during your coaching sessions with them and during your one-on-ones, you are going to get into some situations where you're going to have a debate over performance or over actions. Uh, or over behaviors. And you can fight uh, through that and win. I mean, you can. They can fight through it and win. Uh, because in every disagreement, there's going to be winners and losers, right? But that really important phrase in there is when you break down the reality of the person you're arguing with, it is painful to lose that reality. So be kind. Because you don't want to lose the relationship in the middle of the argument because that person, the other person that you're having the disagreement with, they have a picture in their mind uh, of what things look like and what things are. This is why a lot of people have political disagreements. And it's another reason why a lot of times there is no winner and a lot of times people walk away and ruins the whole friendship. Uh, that's why it's dangerous to talk about politics, because even if you have all the points and you score all the points and you're absolutely right and they're absolutely wrong and you demonstrate it very clearly to them, just know that they have in their head a version of the reality of what they're looking at and what they're basing their life and thoughts and philosophy on. And if you're going to completely dismantle that, that's very painful for somebody. And even if you win, you may not win long-term. You may win the argument and lose a friend. So I, I try never to argue over that stuff because, you know, I know I'm a good debater. I know I can argue uh, something, especially if it's something that I really believe in. I can put together a compelling case. But are you really winning when you do that, when you completely shatter what the other person thinks is right? So you got to be careful. It's a surgical thing. It's not, you don't go in and operate on a human being with a hammer and a screwdriver um, or an axe, right? So it's more like surgery than it is than a demolition. And when you practice a demolition on what somebody's thoughts are about situations and you completely uh, put a mirror up there where they can see that everything they've thought is wrong, that's very painful. Number nine, how noble and good everyone could be 
If every evening before falling asleep they were to recall the events of the whole day, both good and bad, then try to improve themselves at the start of each new day. That's Anne Frank. And in, with my coaching clients and with you, I've talked about it a lot. I'll continue to talk about it. The evening time before you go to bed is a good time to journal. It's a good time to reflect. It's a good time to put your thoughts together as far as how did the day go? Uh, what happened that was good, what happened that was bad, what happened that was unexpected, and then chart your course for the next day. What do you want tomorrow to be like? What do you want to accomplish? How do you want things to go? Uh, a lot of times, if I'm having a meeting with somebody, I'll go ahead and craft, here's how I want that meeting to go, here's what I want the outcome to be, here's how I want to walk away from that feeling. And so, when you chart your course, just like you're going to take a boat ride or you're going to take an airplane trip and you're the pilot and you have to chart a course, you want to chart your course for the next day. You want to review what just happened and then you want to intentionally and on purpose think about what you want to have happen the next day. Some really strong wisdom from Anne Frank who, you know, went through the German Holocaust for goodness sakes. Number 10. And I really like this one. I saved this one for last because it might be my favorite. And this is by Jack Ma, who founded the company Alibaba, which is the uh, version of Amazon in China. And he says, I applied to Kentucky Fried Chicken along with 24 others. 23 were accepted and got jobs and I was rejected. I applied to Harvard 10 times and was rejected all 10 that's when I thought to myself, you know what? One day I'm going to teach at Harvard. And Jack Ma, you know, is succeeded fabulously. Uh, I don't know if I'd say beyond his wildest dreams because reading that quote, he had some pretty uh, wild ones. And that was in context of a story that he was telling about Kentucky Fried Chicken first coming to China. And he was trying to get a job to help support his family. And he was the only one out of 24 that got rejected. And then he applied to the best American business school he could find, which was Harvard. And he did it. He applied 10 times and he was rejected all 10. And he said to himself, I'm coming back to this place and I'm going to show them and I'm going to speak there. And, uh, boy, that's just fantastic. Some people, you know, when you get rejected, you walk away kicking rocks and you walk away blaming, you know, you walk away cussing, you walk away, not happy. You walk away dejected. It sounds like to me with what he's saying here that Jack Ma got inspired instead of taking the opportunity to be offended or taking the opportunity to be hurt or taking the opportunity to be down. He took that as a challenge and it fueled his success going forward. Those are the 10 quotes I have for you this week. Stand by. We're going to talk about building a world-class career next here on Better Than Before. The 2020 Subaru Forester. The SUV for all you love. Standard symmetrical all-wheel drive plus 33 miles per gallon. Standard EyeSight driver assist technology. A spacious and comfortable interior. The best SUV for all you do. Join us for the Subaru A Lot to Love event going on now. University Subaru, homegrown and proud of it. See dealer for details. Receive weekly coaching tips from Tony Richards, delivered straight to your inbox. Whether you're a CEO or an entrepreneur, Tony can help you reach your goals and give you a competitive edge within your industry. 
Tony's Monday Morning Coaching Memo covers topics ranging from leadership development to teamwork to company culture and more. Text the word leadership to 38470 to sign up for Tony's Monday Morning Coaching Memo or sign up online at clearvisiondevelopment.com. Welcome back to Better Than Before. Today, we're going to talk about another key area for elite level performers and in their lives. And we've been doing that the last two or three weeks. We're up to the number four key, having a world-class career. And you always want to be looking for opportunity. And while you're looking for that opportunity, you want to ask yourself, how can I use this scenario to serve me? How can I offer greater value to get to the next level? We all feel good and we all generate energy when we do well or when we accomplish significant things. We walk away feeling energized going, wow, I want to do that again. I've seen that constantly uh, when working with people who want to be good at sales. Uh, You usually work with somebody who's experienced and work with somebody who's inexperienced and they work together in a twosome to try to get the inexperienced person some, some training and some development. And so when I work with them and watch the inexperienced person have their first success, they immediately want to go back out there and do it again because they were so uh, concerned about it and maybe had some fear about it. Same way with your kids whenever they do something successful for the first time. Maybe they had a fear of water and then they jumped in the pool and started swimming And then they're like, all right, I'm going to jump in the pool again. So anytime you have a success or you have conquered something significant, you want to continue it. You want to do it again, right? And so here's another thing I want to tell you about creating a world-class career is that you're creative no matter what it is that you do. So a lot of people think creative means art or artsy. And that's not what it means. What it means is to bring something into existence. So if you are really good at Word, uh, Microsoft Word, or maybe you're really good at Microsoft Excel, or maybe you're good at Microsoft PowerPoint, you're creating a PowerPoint presentation. You're creating a Word document. Uh, You're creating an Excel spreadsheet. That's being creative, just like if you were painting something, like creating a work of art or creating a nice building if you're an architect. We all have our creative selves dwelling on the inside of us. And anytime we can unleash that creative self to bring something into existence that didn't exist before, we're using our highest and best self, and it's energizing. And that's why resistance wants to keep you back from doing anything and creating anything new. Because as long as resistance can hold you back, you're going to not have any impact because you're not using your highest and best self to bring something into existence, right? The other thing that happens is, uh, well, let me say this too. When you journal, you're being creative. When you're just making notes to yourself, you're bringing something from the intangible into the tangible, 
And writing in your journal is a creative conversation you're having with yourself, but you're also documenting it at the same time. Those intangible thoughts that were just out in the ether are now solid. I've been so frustrated with myself the last couple of weeks because I've lost two or three really good uh, article ideas. And if you write as much as I do on a weekly basis, you don't want to lose any good ideas, right? Because it's like writing a song or writing a play or writing a movie script. It's the same thing. You have a great idea for a line uh, for a character in a movie. And if you don't write it down, uh, you go two or three hours and you're like, now what was that that I was going to have that character say? Well, this happened to me as far as I sat down and I started to write my Friday uh, blog post and I couldn't remember the great idea I had. You know why? Because I didn't write it down or I didn't record it. And so lately I've just been writing them all down. I don't care if I think they're good ideas, medium ideas or bad ideas. I've just decided I'm not going to lose any more ideas, so I'm writing them down. That's part of my uh, daily journaling process. It's a conversation with yourself, and uh, you're going to produce some things. You're going to uncover some things. Uh, you're going to actually turn into a detective. So you're trying to uncover some of your thought processes so you can examine them uh, standing outside of them, if that makes any sense. When you're really good at what you do, you earn the respect of your peers that also want to be high performance or elite performance. Now, here's the thing. There's going to be some jealous folks. Don't worry about them. They've decided to be unhappy. It's not you. <laughs> okay. So if you're an elite performer or a high performer that wants to get into elite level status and you look around the room and there's a couple people that just don't like you, that's their problem, and it's their issue to adjust, not yours. So just know that there's going to be some people that are going to admire you. There are some people that are going to ask you for advice. There are going to be some people that want you to mentor them because they want to be able to do the same as you. There's other people that aren't going to like you. They're going to want to do it instead of you, right? And so they would rather you just weren't on the team because they're jealous and because they don't like what you've accomplished and they have decided to be unhappy people and they can just as easily decide to be happy people. But there's some people that just, they aren't going to make that choice. They aren't going to make that decision. They have been unhappy for so long that they are happy in inertia. You know, being unhappy is just a comfort zone for them. So they just would rather criticize you and be upset at you. Uh, rather than looking at themselves and their own performance. Because some people will do anything they can to get away from their performance. No matter what the metrics say, no matter what the uh, higher level person they report to says, they are not going to take accountability for their own performance. They're going to try to get away from it just as fast and as soon as they possibly can. They've decided that success is just luck and you're one of the lucky people and you just lucked into everything that, that you've produced. And what you can do here is show leadership by managing yourself first. Don't worry about them. Just worry about you. Just Continue to focus on keeping your own momentum. Focus on keeping yourself in that philosophy that you've developed, the person who 
believes in his philosophy the most, executes his philosophy the most, is typically going to be the winner. And remember, there's all different kinds of philosophies. But if you really buy into the philosophy you have chosen and you continue to execute it well, you're going to continue to do well. But if you get distracted by other people and their feelings and their unhappiness, you're not going to do as well. You have to influence yourself first. You have to direct yourself first. And you have to determine your own best outcomes first. Everything that happens to you, and I know this is hard to accept sometimes, but everything that happens to you is a gift if something doesn't go right or something doesn't fail, find the gift. There's a gift in there somewhere. You have been awarded uh, something good out of something bad if you are willing to look for it. Try to figure out what that blessing is in every situation. You can leverage that blessing and gift to become even more successful, even more powerful than you were before. Let me share this principle with you. Elite-level performers engage in innovation and imagination. Innovation is nothing more than making everything you come in contact with better than it was before, just like the name of this podcast. It allows you to be more of an artist. Use your imagination. God gave you an imagination for a reason. He gave you an imagination because... You don't need to stay stuck in your circumstances. You imagine your way out of it first. You become creative. You create new situations. You create new pathways. And you make things around you even more brilliant and even more better than they were before. Steve Martin famously said, be so good at what you do that they cannot ignore you. See, the better you get, the more people are going to notice. And when you're really good, they're not going to be able to look past you. They're not going to be able to discount you. They're not going to be able to ignore you. And if they do, that's their issue, not yours. When you go to work, operate beyond the expected. Always be under-promising and over-delivering. Go for the absolute best in everything you do. Shoot for beyond the level of expectation. If the, expect if the expectation is X, you bring Y in. Warren Buffett said, totally agree with this, with the Galaxy of You model, there will never be a better you than you. Has anyone ever said to you, the world doesn't revolve around you? I know someone has. Why did they say that to you? Because you were scaring them. You were worrying them. You were concerning them. You know why? Because you were getting bigger and you were getting better. And you were accomplishing some things that worried them because you're changing and you're moving forward. And some people don't want us to change. They don't want us to move forward, right? They want us to stay exactly the way we are. And in the galaxy of you, you are in the center because your world does revolve around you. And you need to keep getting better because everything gets better when you get better. Now, you aren't the only one in your galaxy. You also have relationships revolving around you. You have, you know, perhaps a spouse or a significant other. You may have children. You may have family members. You may have neighbors. You may have peers at work. You may have customers and clients. You may have vendors. You have all sorts of relationships that are revolving around you, and you have to focus on those also. But those relationships are never going to get better if you don't get better first. 
because those relationships deserve to have the best version of you. So you grow yourself, you grow your relationships, and the third thing is you grow your organization, whatever organization you're a part of. If you're an employee at an organization or a firm, you want to make that organization or firm better. If you're in a nonprofit, you want to make that the best nonprofit. If you're in a church organization or perhaps you're working at a chamber of commerce, you want to make that the best church and the best chamber that you possibly can. How do you do that? You grow yourself first. That church or chamber deserves to get the best version of you. And it deserves to get the best version of all your relationships that you can expose to that organization. And then you want to grow your community. You want to affect the culture. How do you do that? You grow yourself. You grow yourself first. You grow your relationships second. And you grow your organization third. And you'll have an impact on the community and on the culture. That's the galaxy of you. And to do that, you're going to need some courage. Courage is very important. Persistence is very important. Resiliency is very important. But you start with courage because it takes courage to overcome the fear. How do you generate courage? It comes from your commitment. If you have a high level of commitment, then you'll have an abundance of courage. I've worked with people to become better presenters and better speakers. This is just one example of this principle where they took a speaking engagement after I'd worked with them for a while. They took a speaking engagement. It's probably their first or second one. And as the date got closer, resistance came into their thinking and they started thinking about how can I get out of this? How can I cancel this? How can I, you know, <laughs> I don't want to stand the person up, but I just, I'm scared. I don't, I don't want to do it. You know how they generated courage to do it? It was based on their commitment. If their word was really important to them that they gave to that person, that they'd be there and deliver the speech, you can generate courage off of that because then you do it in the face of fear because your word was important to you and you gave your word to that person. You gave your commitment to that person. And based on the commitment that you made, you have to generate the courage to follow through on that commitment. If your commitment's not strong, then you can't generate courage off a weak commitment because you'll find reasons to bail out. Uh, you might even tell an untruth to bail out on a situation if your commitment is too weak and you can't generate any courage. And you're going to master these principles as you go through each situation and you go through each evolution process and you continue to get a new version of yourself, right? What are the five things? Here's a question for you. What are the five things that need to happen for you on a consistent basis to have a remarkable day. That's what you need to be thinking about the night before. What five things need to be in place and need to take place for you to have a remarkable, awesome, productive, winning day the next day? Because you start buying into that and you start generating those four or five things, you come to expect it, you start doing things intentionally and on purpose, you're going to have those things show up and you're going to have better days ahead. Someone once famously said it takes 15 years to become an overnight success. And boy, isn't that true? Because when we look at somebody who's really good at something, we do not see all the practice, all the pain, all the failure. We don't see all of that. We don't see them going every day. There's another, another one just came to mind where there was a famous pianist and he was given a concert and he 
played his concert, got a standing ovation, and this person had uh, won a chance to meet them after the concert backstage, and they said, boy, I would give anything to be able to play the piano like you. And the pianist just looked at him and said, I doubt it. Because the pianist knows the commitment, the hurt, the pain, the mistakes, and the length of time it took them to get that good at the piano. So you got to remember when you're climbing the levels of success, you got to stay focused because it's probably going to take a little while. And in this instant gratification society that we live in today, where we want to order it on one side of the building and pick it up on the other side in three minutes, or we want to stick it in the microwave and have food in 45 seconds, it doesn't play as well. So you got to keep it in mind. The other thing is based on character, you can lose everything in 30 seconds of bad judgment. I was listening to uh, Dan Patrick on the radio this morning, and Rick Patino, basketball coach, was on there. He was fired after 2017 season because of the investigation into college basketball. He just took a job this weekend, uh, going to be the head coach of Iona College uh, up in New York, and uh, just shows you that you can be at the height of your profession and you can make some mistakes, and it doesn't really have to be uh, a long and lengthy thing, but you can lose everything. He was out of basketball now for two and a half years, or three years, I guess three years, because of some bad judgment. So here's some challenge for you. Over the next seven days, I want to challenge you right here, right now, for seven days from when you hear this podcast, do one thing at your work that you've been resisting doing. But if you would do it, and you would do it well on a consistent basis, it would get you to the next level of your profession, of your career. Do one thing at your career or your job or your work that you have been holding back on, you've been excusing yourself out of, you've been resisting it. But if you did it, and you did it well, and you did it consistently, it would take you up another level in your work. And I'm going to hit you with one more quote or one more proverb, you know, the conversation you've been avoiding, that's probably the conversation you need to have. The conversation you've been avoiding is probably the conversation you need to have. So that's our lesson for today on how to build a world-class career. There's a whole lot in that segment. That's our show today. Better Than Before is brought to you by University Subaru. Join us for the Subaru A Lot to Love event going on now. University Subaru, homegrown and proud of it. Keep yourself safe. Keep yourself uh, sanitized and keep yourself clean. Follow me on Twitter at TonyRichards4, and you can follow our company at ClearVisionDEV. On behalf of our associate producer, Whitney Coker, and our chief producer, William Foster, I'm your host, Tony Richards, reminding you we'll be back with another episode next week and everything gets better when you get better. Thank you for listening to Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leaders podcast powered by Clear Vision Development Group. For more resources from Tony, visit clearvisiondevelopment.com. Join us next time for another episode of Better Than Before with Tony Richards.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>